Hi, and welcome to the My RV Broker Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. James Upham, and I believe that everyone who buys or sells RVs should be empowered with all of the tools necessary for a great price and a great experience. This podcast provides advice for the RV lifestyle using RV research, education, and experience to help you buy or sell your RV without being taken advantage of. For more information or for help with your next RV experience, feel free to contact us at myrvbroker.com. Hello and welcome to the My RV Broker Podcast. I'm your host, James Upham. Glad that you're here with me today. I'll try to be quick if I can. You know, that's difficult for me, so I'll do my very best. But we've had a lot of really good uh, discussions on this uh, podcast. We've had some guys and gals who've come onto the show, and we are trying to do more and more of that as it seems relevant to the uh, industry and relevant to the market. Uh, And one of the things that I just recently experienced again with um, a seller of an RV that had hired me to sell their RV, Um, and uh, I wanted to go through basically a two-part series to shorten this up with a few tips on what to do if you're looking to sell your RV. And I would tell you, as I've said before, you don't need someone to sell your RV in this market. With supply chain disruption continuing to cause a headache for so many manufacturers, uh, you know, the rule of thumb out there right now is whoever can build it quickest is going to sell it quickest. <laughs> so um, that sometimes can really wreak havoc with you and the quality within the RV. So make sure that you are definitely getting uh, all of your tools ready for a good inspection and to make sure that there isn't any issues with your RVs. Because listen, a lot of these manufacturers are just shoving them out the door as quickly as they can because they know when it lands on the dealer's lot, they have a much better chance of selling it than uh, their competitor. But with that said, let's go into a scenario with part one. Part one of this two-part podcast is going to talk to you first about before the sale. Let's assume that you've purchased. Let's assume a a very good thing for both of us. You hired me to help you find an RV. You got an excellent price, an excellent experience, and so you were so happy with it that you actually came back and asked for us to help you sell your RV. That has happened to me uh, many times, and that's been a real blessing and an honor to do that. This is part of the reason why we like to take care as best we can our customers and build relationships with them because not only um, is that fun and the right thing to do and does it make it a, uh, an enjoyable experience for all of us, but it also helps us to help each other uh, more than once in some cases. But let's just call it, uh, what it what it is. I love to sell RVs. But the reality is in this particular market, you don't need someone to help you. And so there's a lot of consignment going on. When you see consignment, you'll see uh, a lot of times, even when you're looking on various websites, RV Universe, RV Trader, some of these, you won't know necessarily if it's a consignment uh, vehicle or if it's just a RV that somebody, a dealer, for instance, is posting on there. Unless you spent, you you pay really close attention, some of the um, dealers out there will categorize their consignment units with the letters CC or C. And a lot of times that'll tell you, now the way that consignment works is different with every dealer, but um, they basically will say, okay, let's uh, let's evaluate your, your RV. Here's what we believe we could sell it for. You come back and say, this is what I need for it, either to uh, satisfy the loan uh, if you owe any money in it or, or what you believe based on their opinion and recommendation and your own research, which of course rely on your own research more than anything. But uh, a lot of uh, 
A lot of sellers will go to an RV and say, hey, there's already people here going to the lot. They're going to look to buy something anyway. Why not buy mine? And so they'll say, here's the minimum price. And so a dealer will know Then, of course, they'll ask more for it and they'll know that that's the minimum price set by you. And then they'll take a percentage uh, of the sale. And so it varies across the board. Uh, I usually charge a flat rate when I do it, but sometimes we'll do percentages depending on what it is. But it's usually half or maybe a quarter of what the dealers will charge you. It's just insane. It's criminal in my opinion. Uh, but you know, a lot of people feel they have no other choice, they don't have any time, and that the dealer or somebody else is gonna sell a better for them. Uh, that does happen quite a bit in the industry. It does not happen as much today because you have these great websites like RV Trader, RV Universe, I already mentioned those too, and various other ones out there that you can, for 50 bucks or so, put an ad. And the ad will last for a couple weeks, and you can correspond directly with the buyer. Now, some people um, enjoy that, and they'll be able to get more money for their RV sale. And some people are pretty, you know, pretty leery of that, and they are not necessarily wanting to go that route. So, whatever your comfort zone is, uh, you need to make sure that you operate out of that. Uh, however, I would say again. Don't be pressured into trying to sell your own RV based upon what everyone else is saying you should through a dealer or through consignment. Certainly don't look to trade it in right now. That is the worst idea because trade-in values, unless you just don't care and you don't have time, trade-in values are terrible right now. Uh, and we're seeing a lot of that happen because a lot of dealers are paying more for trades uh, uh, at auctions, especially they're paying in some cases, full retail at auctions and then charging a little more and people are walking in the door and they're buying it. And so what happens is in order to make up for that, uh, they are, they are, uh, below average with a lot of their trades. Uh, so just, just be aware of what's happening in the industry right now in 2022. So let's go back to that scenario. I'm going to go through five different parts here for part one, and this is going to emphasize before the sale. So first, You've already got an RV, you've hired us to do this, or let's say that you're doing this on your own. Before you even go to step uh, to step two, whether you're going to have someone do this for you or you're going to do it on your own, the first thing that you need to do, your first five steps would be go to NADA's website and look for RVs and try to be as detailed as possible based on your zip code to get a general consensus on what your, tra- what your retail set sale will be worth. Okay, it's going to vary across the nation, but you're going to see that and you're going to know a general idea ballpark as to what you should sell your RV for or what they're selling for based on these values that they provide. Um, It's a free service. It's not as accurate or as detailed as you need it to be. There is a paid service that's going to give you exactly what you need. But in this case, I don't think that's necessary. I think you could probably get all that you need right there at the NADA website. So let's assume you've got it all handled there. You've gone through, you've done some research. Uh, and the next thing that you need to do is make sure that you have the RV ready. This is step two. Make sure that you have the RV ready for sale and that it has ready show appeal. What I mean by that is take really good pictures and add a splash of color wherever you can. I am amazed. I'm absolutely absolutely amazed when I get some of my clients to go in and throw in some red towels or some you know accents here, or some yellow, uh, and just spice it up a little bit with color. Because remember, a lot of these RVs are neutral, uh, and so people will try to sell them based on how they uh, how they're often presented uh, at different dealerships, which has nothing in them. The slides aren't out; just doesn't look like it's ready. Now you go to a show, and that's a different story. You know, these show units are there for sale. Uh, 
Uh, in some cases, they'll use those to order off of. That's happening a lot, of course. But you know, you're going out there to to basically see these, and you want they want you to emotionally get attached to this, and so they're going to add a lot of color and warmth and really neat to so make it feel homey, to make it feel like your home. So you should absolutely borrow that philosophy when you're looking to sell it. Clean it up real good. Make sure that everything has been you know gone through. Check everything so you know if anything needs to be fixed. But most importantly, get it looking good and feeling good so that when you do take these pictures, they look fantastic. Your iPhone or your mobile phones right now, they typically are, are the best camera that you would ever need to do something like this. So don't go out and spend all kinds of money on new material. Uh, I'm sorry, on, on new um, um, uh, different types of filters and, and equipment and cameras and stuff. You can basically use your phone right now and get everything that you need. Uh, the third step that you want to do is now that you have that ready, you want to go and research what dealers are selling similar RVs for. And where you find that is, again, you go to these various websites. Uh, RV, I've, I've mentioned it three times now, but RV Trader, RV Universe, I do not have an affiliate with them, by the way. I'm just saying that this is the one that most people, these are the two that most people uh, will spend time on, or RVT, of course. Um, and so what will happen is if you, if you do that, if you go through and see what similar RVs are selling for, um, you know this, that dealers are asking above pri- above what they're looking to sell it for. In most cases, on average, about $5,000. And so if they're seeing, let's say as an example, across the board, most uh, dealers are asking for, to make it easy, $75,000 for an RV that is just like yours, similar mileage, similar year, similar equipment, um, then uh, you know that they're hopefully looking to sell that for a good couple thousand to five thousand. Sometimes a lot, a lot less than that is where they would actually settle down. But you know we're trying to get there at say five thousand dollars, so that one of the advantages you could have to sell your RV a little bit quicker is to start there. So look to sell or look to say, okay, if most of these are being asked for seventy-five, I can on average assume that they're looking to have $5,000 padded into this for negotiation. So $70,000 might be a good place for me to start. The fourth, uh, the fourth step that you should take as we go through this part one series is be reasonable with a buyer. If somebody is showing a lot of interest, uh, you need to show good faith as well. And what I mean by that is don't require a deposit. Uh, you know, some people are really big on this. This drives me up the wall when I'm helping somebody find an RV and RV dealers are demanding a non-refundable deposit. Why? Because they're taking it off the market as if it's that hard to sell right now. I do everything I can to refuse that for uh, my clients. And if it's impossible to make the deal happen, we'll make sure that we notate in writing uh, and get their approval that if there is an emergency or if there's some sort of scenario, for instance, if the report comes back, uh, a, a RVIA certified report from an inspection comes back bad, uh, or if for some reason, um, me- meaning what I mean by that, I should maybe qualify that, meaning that if somebody comes back and says there's thousands and thousands of dollars in damage that needs to be repaired uh, and it was not disclosed, uh, or that uh, you have it contingent upon a uh, test drive. These are the things that you need to make sure that are in there and they agree to uh, before you agree to a non-refundable deposit. But you know what? I really like not to even require. I like to have an agreement made in writing with them that basically says, look, we, uh, you know, we're not going to take the RV off the market. We're going to keep it out there and then we're going to let people know that we have a potential deal on it. And 
uh, you know, we basically go back to the buyer and say, hey, um, you know, we're happy to help you uh, along the way uh, and give you, uh, you know, whatever assistance we need for you to see the coach, for you to go back in and get an, an inspector. Um, whatever it is that they need, you're going to work with them. Once you guys have negotiated uh, on a price, once they've given you what you're looking to get, uh, when it comes to a price, um, that is, they haven't actually t- sent over the funds for you. But um, we just want to make sure that we're reasonable with the buyer and that we show good faith. And so I really don't like to require a deposit. Some people feel differently about that. Uh, it just makes it really sticky because if you're a buyer, uh, there's really no guarantee that you're going to get your money back if something goes south. So if you have a private party, especially as a buyer, if you're buying from a private party, which in this case it would be since you're selling it on your own, uh, or in the case with my RV broker, I don't require it. Um, and it just becomes really difficult for the buyer to get their money back, or it's just one more headache. And it also, I think, shows an area of distrust. Um, that you don't believe the buyer is going to come through for you. I just like to avoid all that by saying show a good faith and don't require deposit if that's at all possible for you. And I'd say the fifth reason before we move into part two on the next podcast uh, would be that you need to be completely honest about the good and the bad of the RV. Don't hide anything. Um, This is not only a good rule of thumb to live by in life in general, uh, but you certainly don't want to have any um, red flags come back to bite you, uh, anything to come back and bite you and you know where when you didn't disclose all that you needed to. So let them know and say, hey, this needs to be repaired. Um, I've made a concession for that. Here's the price that we've got it quoted at uh, that needs to be repaired. Or, hey, we went ahead and repaired this because there was some damage here or there was something that needed to be replaced. We did that. All that does really is it continues to provide you with a good rapport with a buyer and it helps you to establish trust. And of course, it's the right thing to do. Not only do you, um, not only can you walk away from the sale. Um, feeling good about yourself and feeling good about it, knowing that you have told them everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty, everything about it, uh, but also to help prevent you from being sued down the road if uh, somebody you know can prove that you sold to them something that uh, you did not disclose. And you just want to avoid all that, and most importantly, because it's the right thing to do. Okay, I'm going to wrap up this part one before the sale. On our next podcast, I'm going to go with part two. And part two is going to tell you more of the... Um, Uh, steps, another five steps on how once you've settled in and a buyer has decided to agree on a price and now you're moving to the next stage. Uh, We're going to talk about that in the next one, so don't miss it. So I appreciate you all listening in. If there's anything I could ever do for you, don't hesitate to reach out to me at james at myrvbroker.com. Take care and God bless.